When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And... David Watson. Hi, guys. How are you, Dave? Good, man. Really, really good. But in yourself, the plans. but deep down, really in, in yourself, how are you, actually? Well, existentially, no, I'm racked with self-doubt, but that's fine. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the club, mate. How are you, Paul, in, <laughs> in yourself? I'm all right. Yeah. Deep down. Yeah. Ticking over. Yeah. You've always struck me as someone who's like deep down all right. I think I'm okay. I don't tend to have deep feelings. I'm <laughs> generally okay. Do you think you'll have, um, you'll be one of those guys who suddenly has a nervous breakdown in his mid 50s? Probably. Yeah. I'll be bollock naked in a shopping centre, just screaming at everyone. Yeah. But got 20 years till that. <laughs> 20 years till that. This is a really upbeat start to the podcast. Good start to the podcast. <laughs> So, uh, let's go straight in with uh, Newcastle United, and uh, as per usual, we'll go in with our most recent game, which was against Wigan Athletic, former Premier League stars, Wigan Athletic. It was a 2-1 victory, but by all accounts, quite an underwhelming one. Would that be right, Dave? Well, I've seen these these complaints, but I honestly think it's I think that's just a, a perception from maybe fans with too high of an expectation. Because I've watched, obviously, I've watched the ninety minutes. Because obviously, that's what I. You've watched do. the full ninety minutes of that game. Yeah, Good it was all right as as a game. It was we were in control for the majority of the game and. If, if we'd got the penalty, which I'm sure we'll get onto, if we got the penalty, I think three-one people would have left thinking, yeah, yeah, we were, we bossed that game and we were all over them and yada yada yada. But because it was two-one, people were a bit, I don't know, a bit, a bit too nervous for my liking. Like we're not going to be Ajax 1970 or you know Man U 99. We're 
we are in the second tier and the games are a bit of a slog, but three points, better performance from Diarmi, better performance from Anita. Shelby's getting back into the swing of it and Dwight Gale's back scoring. So I don't really get the complaint. Like I say, I think it's just an expectation thing. Yeah, there does seem to be an expectation for us to play amazing football, but I would much rather be grinding out one-goal wins. It's like when people used to say about Man U when they were walking the Premier League, like the sign of a good team is just picking up those tricky wins. And you look yeah. at if we want it to be entertaining, we could be Huddersfield and play amazing yeah. football some weeks, but not others. But then we'd be third and not first. It seems like a no-brainer. Good point. Good point. I always thought Man United were pretty entertaining. I would say Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea better sort of. Yeah, under Mourinho. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. But they always used to still beat us by about four or five goals. And we have had a 6-0 victory against QPR and a few other big wins this year. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, we, we have scored like three times on, a, on quite a number of occasions. I can't remember off the top of my head, but we, we do... We're the top goal scorers in the league. We've got the best defence in the league. We've got more wins than anybody else. And we've got a striker who's got 22 goals. Not enough, Dave. Missed, <laughs> and he's missed eight games of the season. We so need probably... Hatton Ben Arthur and Lauren Robert. That's what we need. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, it was it was decent. I think um, the like if, if if you talk about the first goal, it's exactly the kind of goal that we were missing when when Gale was you know when his hamstring was done. That that ball to the back of the back post and. You know the quintessential poachers finish. Just stole away from his man, found himself in some space, got on the end of a decent cross, and it, it was a simple tapping for him that because he'd done the hard work in finding the space, it was easy for him. And I think you know once we've got the rest of our quote unquote first team back, you know like Yedlin, Hayden put playing ninety minutes. I think we'll be, I think we'll open up a bit and we'll we'll. Like not in the back, but we'll open up uh, at the front, and we'll you know we'll make more chances and have better finishes on the end of crosses and stuff. And like the next seven games, um, they're all pretty winnable. I mean, the hardest games have been Sheffield and Leeds, and I'm sure we'll get onto it. But grinding out a two-one win against Wigan, yeah, great. I'll have them. I'll have them all week. Thanks very much. Let's say it just occurred to me as a question. So I'm going to go for it. Let's say we get promoted. And let's say Dwight Gale remains at the club. And let's say he starts 30 games next season. How many goals do you think he would score in the Premier League? 15, I reckon. That, I don't think That he was would... the guess that I was doing in my head. I don't think Correct. he'd start 30 <laughs> games, though. I think like, Benitez likes to play one up top. But I, yeah. I don't know if he'd want that one up top to be Gale. Do you think we'd buy Neymar? Yes, I think we'd definitely <laughs> buy Neymar. I think we would go for another striker because I don't think we'll keep Mitrovic next season. I think yeah. that is true. But I think I think Dwight Gale could be. I think a he pretty could be. good first choice Premier League striker. I I'm not saying like for a top four club. It's hard to... The tricky thing with Gale is 
He's had his chance in the Premier League, but he hasn't. But he hasn't yeah. had his chance in the Premier League. But like, he has. he's played for Premier League clubs, so he has that aura of having played Premier League football. You look at Palace, he never really got a chance, and he was still their top scorer. Well, there you go. That's why yeah. I'm saying if he was... But I, I don't know if Benitez would build a team around Gale up front. I'm not sure if he'd bring somebody else in. Well, I'm not suggesting that he would build a team around it maybe be building a team around Shelby for example I don't know but in my head uh, Dwight Gale was a bit like a Jermaine Defoe who, yeah although he was maybe a, he hadn't hasn't always been a first choice striker at clubs no but can do a job I think Defoe is a good like a very example. very good job but I think if we did get rid of Mitrovic the aim would be to replace him with if not a proven Premier League striker, then a striker that we would assume could do a job in the Premier League. There'd be more competition for that one space up front than there has yeah. been. Like, it's been naturally Gale's position this year. But are we going to go out and spend £40 million on a striker? Because a, a striker who is proven that they can do well in the Premier League is... Well, then well, Jermaine Defoe million. wasn't... 40 million for Sunderland. I know that. No, but he was also like 33 or something. Yeah, but we might, you never know, we might do something like that. If he believes Gale can do it, then it might be he's the young option. Uh, I also think that depending on how how much money is released for Benitez to spend will we'll dictate where we're aiming for. And if if we only get, um, I don't know, like if, if we could like only spend 60 million on on all the players, then our our expectations, like surely Benitez will be saying, right, well, I'm not going to be able to deliver top top ten. I'm not going to be able to deliver mid table. I can get you safety, but I can't do it for you know, can't do more than sixty million. So at that point, um, you'd be looking at Dwight Gale and saying, well, like you're saying with Defoe, he's a difference maker at that end of the league. You know, he's a reliable poacher that um, will get you 15 goals or something and you build a team more to be solid at the back and stuff and have an efficient striker up the top. So instead of spending £40 million on a proven Premier League striker, we'd be, spend, we'd be spreading that out amongst defensive-minded players like a much better left-back, better centre-halves, a better central midfield pairing, um, maybe another, like, a better keeper or something like that. You know, it, it could be depending on how much we've got to spend, will dictate where we can get in the table. Yeah, and White Gale might be the answer. Yeah, I, I agree that we'll probably end up having to buy a striker in the summer. At least but, one, because I don't think yeah. Daryl Murphy's going to be necessarily making the journey up. Maybe not. No. But like, I agree that we probably have to buy a striker in the summer, but I can't think of us... I can't see us finding a striker more likely to do a job as good as Gale in the Premier League. You're forgetting we've already got on our books Emmanuel Riviere. This is correct. <laughs> and he's coming back, isn't he? Unfortunately, I think he might be here. As is, and I'm really st- straying off into a rambling conversation uh, rather than talking about the game. But uh, CM De Jong Ooh, yeah. is coming back. Yeah. Isn't he, Paul? So... I'm quite. I think, but we've got a we've got a tweet from before you give your opinion okay. on it. We've got a tweet from Bedford Mag who says, "What about Mister Doolan ripping his cock off 
at the news that CM is coming back. I think that needs some context. That's a phrase that's been used before. I'm not going to tear my penis off. No, I mean, but it's the, 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 I'm very the phrase that was used before. The last time it was used was, oh my God, Porsche just teared his penis, ripped his cock off. <laughs> so it, was, it was surgically put back on. Everything's fine. No, Dave, you were the first person I ever heard use the phrase rip his cock off. As but, a phrase meaning to be excited. To be excited, yeah. So yeah. I sort of think I'm pleased at the news, but I don't think it's a news story because he's been away on loan for a season. If you're the club that owns a player and like if we wanted to sell De Jong, we're not going to publicly say he's too shit for our team. So he's for sale. You're yeah. going to say he's coming back either way. But it's not I, really that much. It's but I do think it's, it's in dad the, comes home from work. Yeah. It's, but I do think in the number 10 role behind like a Dwight Gale, that's the sort of player we need. The question is yeah. if he can stop having Frank Spencer-esque accidents if his lungs aren't gonna both puncture again i'm on my own on this i can tell yeah i think he's, he's got champions league experience mind you a lot of bad players have that I'm yeah, talking a lot of people of have champions league experience i've probably got champions league experience probably <laughs> <laughs> at some point but I, I was pleased by the news i think Good. of the players we've got on actually a lot of the players we've got out on loan are doing pretty damn well, apart from Rivier. You look at Tovan, who's not our player anymore, but has been amazing. Hey, you know what? I saw one of our players on loan this uh-huh. Saturday. Oh, yeah. I went to watch Millwall play um, Scunthorpe United mm. because I realised, like, I really do like going to watch football of a Saturday afternoon. Mm. I don't really mind that much about watch. Dulwich Hamlet, the hipster club, are just around the corner and it just annoys me too too much there. It's too much like going into a Peckham nightclub. Like there's no one there who looks like they should be at a football match. Yeah. Whereas (laughs) me, I look like a classic football fan. No, there's no threat of violence. So where did I go? Millwall, because that's within walking distance. And uh, Shane Ferguson played for Millwall. Mm-hmm. I've been to watch Millwall twice this season. He scored in both games. And there was this one player on the Scunthorpe team who didn't do much, but I was finding quite funny because he had a massive argument with another Scunthorpe player about whether he'd get to take a free kick. And he was going in like a real huff about it because he didn't get to take the free kick. <laughs> and it was only when he was substituted that I realised it was Ivan Tony. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he sounds like he's got a right attitude problem because he, he does. He sent off a couple of times. He gets, he gets a, a lot, lot of, of cards. A lot of bookings, yeah. yeah he gets a lot of Mini cards. Mitrovic. And not talking Christmas cards. <laughs> So on that shit joke, um, <laughs> we're going to go into the break and we will, we promise when we get back, talk a little bit more about the Wigan game. 
Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well, no, that's that's the acting. <laughs> from behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star second across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. Welcome back to the Newcastle Nata. Um, I'll interrupt you now from buying whatever product you were just sold to return to uh, Saturday's 2-1 victory against Wigan. Dwight Gale got the first goal, which uh, led us off into a a long tangent. Um, But uh, it was followed by a goal from Wigan and a defensive error by Lascelles, do you reckon, Dave? It's, it's one of those goals where it was a couple of errors. The first error was Jack Colback. Um, he didn't he didn't follow his man and then didn't put a, in a decent tackle. And then yeah, like you say, the cells. He seemed like he lost the ball. Like he, he didn't know where it was, and the it, their striker it was just too easy for them. Um, well, they got I can't remember who scored for them, but it, yeah, this is another thing. Like because it's an individual error rather than we're just shit at defending. I don't like. I'm not as panicked as a lot of people because I know those individual errors. Like for example, I don't think Hayden would have made the same mistake Colback does. Yeah. If Hayden, like you know, if that mistake's not made, then the cells doesn't have fluff. And hopefully, when uh, when Kieran Clark comes back, that'll give um, the cells because the cells always seems to play a lot better when Kieran Clark's playing. Um, Hanley didn't do anything wrong. Neither did same, but. Yeah, it just they do, they don't have the partnership, and I, I just think that like Lascelles still looks a little bit raw, a little bit he's a little bit Stephen Taylor. Uh, yeah. Go on, Paul. No, I, th- I think you're right. It's an odd one. If you'd said going into this season, who would our best defender be? You'd have said Mbemba, probably without a doubt, if we'd managed to keep hold of him. And Lascelles has been prone to quite a few individual mistakes this season. It's yeah. odd that Mbemba's not getting a chance. especially And actually, Kieran Clark looks easily our best defender, I would say, this year. Yeah. Yeah, Lascelles seems... is starting to look a little bit like Stephen Taylor with a, a higher IQ. Yeah. With a, yeah. That's not hard, though. <laughs> that's true. With um, better communication skills. But, yeah, I do wonder whether Lascelles, at heart, He's a championship defender who talks a good game. Yeah, he's very good at like giving a good interview and saying what fans want to hear, but that doesn't make you a good defender. No. And he, you know, and he seems like a physically fit guy, but it's mm. yeah, he's he's not being. Like he's I've, I've never seen him really. be really impressive. I'd be more. 
Well, I'd be happier to see Hanley or Mbemba, probably. Well, maybe not in every game, but I'd like to see them playing more. I don't know why Lascelles isn't rotated more after mistakes. I'd love to know what the deal is with Mbemba. Mm. What is the deal? Because he put out that weird statement. Yeah, he said he was committed to the club or something, didn't he? Apropos I think power of nothing. I reckon that was maybe uh, at his agent's suggestion, a sort of uh, people might be, the football industry might be starting to think that you're a problem player. Yeah. And let's just put out that, like, you're not. And for whatever, yeah. that the reason that you're not playing is not because of some kind of attitude problem. Yeah. I mean, Mbemba's never struck me, like, even before this, you know, um, press release, he's never struck me as a troublemaker or a problem or huffy or anything like that. Why is he not but playing, the, Well, the, the rumours are that he, he doesn't take instructions very well, and it could just be a lack of that, lack of following out Benitez's plans, um, which is probably explains why Anita has had so many games and why Colback so many games is because they follow the instructions. They might not be very good, but would you rather trust somebody that, you know, if you've got, if you're very good at your job and you send up, send somebody off to do something, you'd rather trust somebody that is not as good, but you know they're going to follow your instructions to the letter rather than somebody who's maybe a little bit because they're, I don't know, clever enough or not shrewd enough to, to follow your instructions and try and do something on their own. They could end up costing you the game. And in this season where... We need to win the league. Well, we only win the league. We need to be in the top two. You need people to follow your instructions, and so that's probably why Mbemba's not getting the game. It's probably why I don't know Lazar and James um, aren't getting ahead of Domit. Um, Mitrovic to an extent as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he's um, had seven I, I, starts Mbemba this season, which for a a player of his caliber who looked fairly at home in the Premier League does seem very odd. Yeah. It seems odd to me as well. It does seem like there's something fishy going on, and I reckon the Illuminati are involved. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Is this the same insight that you had when um, when Shelby missed a game and you beat through illness and you think it was definitely because he had a bus stop on the training ground? Yeah, and yeah. I still think yeah. that's what actually happened. The fact that hasn't <laughs> been confirmed only serves to prove how right Fergus was with his theory. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, we did uh, manage to get the win, uh, thanks to a goal by Matt Ritchie. Yeah, and, young uh, Gordon Ramsay. Great call. Great call. Or if Gordon Ramsay and Judy Murray had a, a petulant teenage son. You've got to remember about Matt Ritchie that he doesn't speak with a Scottish accent. Yeah, but he looks like he should. He does. <laughs> yeah. And he's... Uh, or he looks like one of the people that would be sat on one of the chairs outside the casting room when they were casting for the part of Guile in the Street Fighter 2 movie, but would know he would never get the role. Okay. That, more niche. More yeah, niche. that's too niche for me. <laughs> <laughs> but... I would, it holds up. I would have got more uh, Ken Loach film. Yeah. But that's a neat, that's niche a in another Lo- direction. If there was a Ken Loach film about a boy band, <laughs> Matt Ritchie would be in it, I think. 
<laughs> Marucci is 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 would feature really good in a really well in a documentary two years later after a boy band had broken up yeah. and he's got and he's the one who's like on the streets drinking tenants. He's making out it's fine. Yeah, sorry guys, let's get back <laughs> to the football. <laughs> it was a good um, goal, Dave, right? It was, um, yeah, it, was, it came from um, came from the left and the, the crossover from Dominic was decent. Two France swung and missed it and then it, it fell to Bitchy. Struck it really well first time, came back off the, the post. Um, but he had the, the presence of mind and nodded into the... Um, the now empty net, but really yeah, I mean, yeah. When you describe it, then then it's not that good a goal. Um, but I remember no, it was impressive like, because it sort of bounced back out, and he just had the the sort of presence of mind to then just nod it in. Yeah, it looked like the sort of goal you score on holiday, rather than like in a professional <laughs> game of football. If that makes sense, it was just like, oh, it's come back, but nod it in. It doesn't what I make like sense. Is, on yeah, reflection. that doesn't make sense, Paul. But... <laughs> What I like was the, um, I mean, he really enjoys scoring. He's really got a lot of, um, like, you can see the passion just explode out of him when, when he true. does score. He's a real um, corner flag kicker. Mm. Oh, Did you hear Benitez? He the corner flag. Benitez this week was saying Richie in the summer was the player that most, that needed to be sold less on coming to Newcastle. Like he was the most keen of all our summer transfer signings to come here. Oh right, that's interesting. He was very into the idea of the club and the size of it and the fans. That's nice. And because Howe said that he didn't particularly want to sell him. Yeah. Like it was. It wasn't like we need to. We need to get rid of him because we need to bring in a new. It was just we went in for a bid. It was accepted. And yeah, it sounds like it sounds like Richie's really bought into the club and everything. And it helps that he's got a song, and that's going to make him feel loved. But um, he, the way he celebrates is, it reminds me of the way like Mitrovic celebrates without the threat of physical violence to his own yeah. teammates. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to be it's too nice. like self-hating about Newcastle, but yeah, I mean that's quite impressive that he would want to leave Bournemouth, who are yes, not a as big a club as Newcastle, but are a mid-table Premier League side. With an with, exciting manager. With an exciting manager and play a pretty uh, nice style of football. Mm. And yes, we are a big club, but the last couple of years, I would have thought were not a very appetising place to go. You'd have but, thought coming to us as well, he'd have done so against the advice of his agent. Like if you were Matt Ritchie's agent at Bournemouth, you'd just say, have another season in the Premier League, keep scoring, keep assisting like you are, and you'll get a bigger move to a bigger club. But I always There's something like going the... on, isn't there? There's something going on. Illuminati. <laughs> Illuminati. It's got to be the Illuminati. <laughs> but don't you think that, like, that people within the football bubble seem to have like uh, uh, an opinion of other teams like five years behind where they actually are? So, like... People still look at Aston Villa as a, as a big club, but they haven't done anything in, in decades. Leeds are still thought of as a big club, but you know they've been out of the, the top flight for over a decade. People still think look, like going away to Stoke, you have to be physical. Because, yeah. And it's not really the case anymore. 
Yeah. So people like, still think that we're challenging for Europe. <laughs> don't tell them. Yeah, don't tell. But honestly, I think they'll they'll look at the um, the the. So like Sunderland are now seen as like a perennial relegation side. When they were under like a few years after Bruce, when they were up in the the you know table and stuff, people did say, oh, that, you know, they're a decent side and stuff. And so like, well, they've been nearly relegated three times in a row, and now it's five times in a row. And we're very similar in that, like, when we were um, when we were relegated and bounced back, people were like, oh, they're going to be like a mid-table side again, and we were. Um, for for a bit, and then you know launched up into fifth place, and then when we started dropping down, people were still saying, "Oh, I reckon they'll be mid-table." And you know, the fans in Newcastle, we were saying, "Well, if we, if if we get the backing, we will be." But there's something wrong at the club, and everybody connected to the club could see it. So I think I think honestly, yeah, there's a five year there's a five year like hangover. People don't realise exactly where Newcastle are at the minute. And that's, that plays into the fans as well because they're expecting the, the Newcastle side, the, the, current, the current iteration of Newcastle United, they're expecting them to be, you know, smashing teams around. Well, the side that we've got now and the squad that we've got now is a very good championship side. It's not a Premier League side like the last time we went down. It's they're a very good championship side. So just manage your expectations a bit. And if we win 2-1 against Wigan... Be happy. It's a, good, it's a good win. We're top of the league. We are top of the league. It's easy to forget, but we are top of the league. Yeah. And we were talking earlier on about whether we need to buy a £40 million striker or whatever when we're in the Premier League. Someone we might want to take uh, a look at is currently playing at Notts County. <laughs> Shiller Amiobi. Yeah. 30, what a Europe. He's 35. Still got a couple of seasons in him. And uh, did he get two goals on Saturday, Dave? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's, he, he's the nice the nice that's thing about, about what he was averaging a season for us. <laughs> <laughs> the, nice, the nicest thing about Sean Amiobi in his, like, in his twilight years has been that he's always playing with a smile on his face. You know, he, he he seems to be one of those footballers that they've got they've got past the point where they think they're going to be a world beater or whatever, and they're, they're now just playing football because they enjoy it. And you look at like Peter Crouch, and he's another one that just, he just always plays with a, a smile on his face, and it's just lovely. And it's Kevin lovely Nolan's when they're really scoring, good. but if you've got a striker with a smile on his face who's dog shit, <laughs> it's <laughs> annoying. Rami Obi, I mean, he's. His his goal scoring record was never impressive, no. but he's kind of like a, a category below, but the same type of player as Emil Heskey was. Yeah, he was our Hes- he was a diet Heskey. Yeah, he thought he'd be involved in goals, or he his movement would be good for goals, but he wasn't a goal scorer. But he was always well, a handy. Movement. I, I mean, well, movement's a stretch. But you know, I mean, his physicality would occupy defenders yeah, yeah. enough. You wouldn't play him on his own up front. But he, he was always a very handy player to have at a club. Yeah, yeah. And for most of his I'm career, that was for him and club. Kevin Nolan. It's, yeah, it's nice. But as well, it's always nice as a club to have a striker who you know can do a job. But you know, if you're the manager and they come into your office saying, "I should be starting every game." 
you can legitimately laugh them out of the office. <laughs> I wonder if he would have. Um, I wonder if if he was at our club now, whether he would have got any games this season in the Daryl Murphy role. Probably. Yeah, I was going to say if if um, if we had Shoulder, we wouldn't have bought Murphy. I think that's fair. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Although one I of them had recently scored. He's a County. That is a couple of leagues below us. Yeah, Murphy had recently scored 20-odd goals in the championship. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We're full of shite. <laughs> I think it was a lucky escape for us. But it's nice to see Shola Amio be playing. Just, I'm kind of glad it's not at Newcastle because it's... You're glad it's at the arm's reach that he's having yeah. a nice time. But yeah. I like that it's still in black and white as well. Yeah, yeah, that's his, that's his uh, rule, isn't it? Juventus next. <laughs> Juventus next. <laughs> so uh, we're going to, I'm just going to very quickly go through uh, some stuff we've had from uh, our listeners on Twitter. Um, APNUFC says, we were ran close by a bottom three club again. Lack of quality and depth or complacency. Um, I think we've sort of covered that. It's I mean, definitely not, it's definitely not complacency because we ground out a win and we worked hard for it. And I don't think it's a lack of quality because White Gale's goal shows our quality and Matt Ritchie's goal shows his quality. So I think we just have to accept that we're not running away with the championship, but we are, if we're not going to win it, I, I mean, we're going to get automatic promotion. Now. Yeah. It would have to really tumble down. And We are in a bit of an anomaly of a season when there is a th- there's three clubs who've been performing at a level yeah. that would often get you first place. But what, the, what this brings me on to is a tweet from uh, looking ahead and assuming that we're going to get promoted. This brings me to a tweet from Theo Penn, who says, what do the board have to do to keep Benitez? Because you would have thought that um, that that's... That's something keeping him would allow me to be relatively positive and optimistic yeah. about what we could do in the Premier League, that we could do something. I yeah. think it's not necessarily even about giving him money. It's just giving him control. That seems to be the bigger thing. I think there was a very clear story put out in the transfer window about he might leave because he didn't seem to have full control. And that was clearly put out by him and his people yeah. as a, a sort of veiled threat of this is the conditions under which I'll walk. I think what he needs is control and then he also needs some level of trust. He needs to be able yeah. to, to, for, to hear something from the board. You're going to get this kind of backing. Yeah. And then for that to be followed through. And if it gets to a point in the, where he doesn't trust that, they're telling him the truth, yeah. then he'll leave because he did. It was interesting. Did you see the quotes from Terry McDermott's autobiography that came out this week? No. It was about the whole era of when they signed Cisco and... So this would be Kevin Gonzalez. Keegan's second spell. Yeah. And well, just how... Gonzalez. Yeah, and how barefaced the lying was from the club to yeah. him. Yeah. They just made a lot of insur- assurances that never were even remotely followed through on. 
and they they said they were trying to get Schweinsteiger, and then they, so Keegan rang. Is it Rummenigger at Bayern, yeah. and just said, "What are the chances of getting Schweinsteiger?" And he said, "Well, your board have already bid about a tenth of what we'd find acceptable, and there's no chance." But they kept trying to do. I think they offered like five million for Schweinsteiger, and they were saying like fifty million probably wouldn't be enough. But it was just that era when we had Dennis Wise and. Is it Jeff Viterre or Viterre? Yeah. Who just thought they could run a football club and do everything on the cheap. I think yeah. if, the, if it looks like that's starting to come in again and if Graham Carr looks like he's getting control of transfers, then I think Benitez will go. You would have thought that there surely must have been some lessons learned. The hope is that the lessons aren't just in like better lying. I was going to say, you say that, but we've hired Joe Kinnear twice. Sure. And if you but don't learn from the first time... We haven't hired Joe Kinnear at any point in the last year. I still, <laughs> would, I still wouldn't rule it out. This is the problem with having Mike Ashley as the chairman. You start to feel safe. Like, in the winter transfer window that's just gone, in the run-up to that, you thought, finally, we've realised what we need to do. And then suddenly it all comes out that control of transfers looks to be shifting back to Graham Carr and it looks like we're not going to sign players over 26 years old again. And if we haven't learned the lessons from being relegated twice and following that policy... It does feel like the last year, I mean, you have lower expectations because we're in the championship, but the last year, I know January transfer window, Rafa didn't get exactly what he wanted, but... They have, although we haven't spent a lot in net, they have done all right with. Uh, what am I saying? I don't know. I'm distracted by. I don't know if you can hear it on there, but there's piano music coming from somewhere, from a neighbouring room. <laughs> there's someone rehearsing. I think what you were trying to say, for correct me if I'm wrong, is that we have like, spent brogs a lot of money. We've spent like 80 million. In the season that we went down, we've spent 55 million in this season already. And yes, some of it was from player sales, but it's still, like, if, if Ashley and Charlie and the rest of them wanted to and didn't care about keeping Benitez and didn't need to make many promises or something, they could very well have sold Sissoko, Vinalbum, and Matt Townsend and the rest of them, sold those and spent 25 million. And pocketed the rest, mm. and you know, so they they have released funds, and no, we haven't spent everything that's come in, and and no, he didn't get the um, the backing that he wanted in January. But they do seem like they're more open to, like they see the, the value in spending a bit more quality players. There's too many players that they've tried to buy on the cheap, and either lost money on or not made any significant profit on, like Cabela, like Riviere, like Toban. Looking ahead to the future, I hope that all of those players could have been good. Some of it's bad luck. But looking ahead to the future, I hope that we continue to buy players like Sissoko and Wijnaldum. Mm. But in addition to that, we also continue to buy players like Daryl Murphy. Yeah. I think Benitez is very good at signing, like identifying the weakest areas of the squad and filling those gaps. And I think if if we go up, one of the biggest gaps is having like a genuinely top winger or midfielder. Yeah. And I think that I is a gap that would be filled. But I think also he wouldn't be afraid to go 
Peter Crouch or somebody like that could do a job as a backup striker, get them yeah. in. I think our board I'm, before would have said he's not over. He's un, he's not under twenty six years old. We won't sign him. Whereas the out, they just need to be convinced that the outlay of buying players that aren't haven't got a big resale value still have a big financial value to the club. Exactly. It's you. You look at the players that we signed, like Grant Hanley and um, uh, Daryl Murphy. They have they have paid for their outlay in the games that they've made the difference. Yeah. Because if we had, if we didn't have Hanley, we would have been playing on Bemba, who Benitez clearly because he doesn't trust. And if we didn't have Murphy, we'd be playing Mitrovic, who he doesn't trust. Or we would have been playing like I'd like Gufran up front. For more games of the season, so they've proven that spending five million quid, which raised eyebrows for Grant Hanley, it, it was totally worth it. Paying three and a half million for Daryl Murphy, which again raised eyebrows, it's paid it back tenfold. So maybe not tenfold. Daryl Murphy's been amazing, amazing. I love he's, him. He's been decent. Um, no, he it's been be. amazing. It's like one goal <laughs> every two games, isn't it? Pretty much, which you can't ask for much more from a striker. It's, he's, he's done well but anyway the point is he's not going to be there in the in the Premier League season and we're not going to sell him for three and a half million we'll maybe get a million and a half or maybe maybe two but that's that's it so, maybe, so what you're saying is he we bought him with the purpose of him actually doing a job for a football club yeah, in terms of yeah. playing We're, contributing to us winning points as opposed to buying yeah. him as a an asset that would rise in value. Yeah. And uh, exactly, I yeah. hope that we continue to do things like that. Uh, one more uh, tweet from uh, Michael Inglesi. Inglesi, I don't know. And he says, hey, guys, I listen each week here in Australia. Hi, guys. Uh, no, sorry. Scotty, hi. No, don't do that. No. Hey, guys, I listen each week here in Australia. Great podcast. Thanks, Mike. Uh, my opinion is a fit Gale and Shelby will deliver us the championship. And uh, I, I'm inclined to agree with that. I'd agree with a few caveats. I think a guarantee of first would be having Hayden fit for the rest of the season. Okay. I think yeah. that spine of the team would deliver it. Okay. So yeah. uh, let's talk about our next fixture. And oh shit, that's tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> that's the level of yeah. insight and research that goes into our this. next fixture is tomorrow night against uh, Burton Albion. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on that game? Well, I think the natural thoughts about that game suggest themselves, which I mean, obviously Dave will go into in more detail because I don't want to bore you with what seems so obvious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree. I mean, <laughs> I've got. I've obviously got a lot of obvious thoughts on uh, on the Burton, the Burton squad. game, <laughs> but um, Dave, hi. Want <laughs> me to tell you about the Burton game? Yes, please. Just very quickly, just no, just give us a prediction. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to give a prediction now without having thought about it in any way. <laughs> I don't know where Burton are in the table. I know that we're at home, <laughs> but I think we're going to win two one. Dave, yeah. Well, do you want to give it before? Or? No, yeah. go on. Tell us about the Burton Well, I think game. Burton are obviously 
a side that do a job. We all know that. Yeah, but you know, they do a job, but is it enough is against it enough? the Magpies? Are they in the relegation but zone? We don't know. We don't know. There's, There's no, no way of knowing. <laughs> For that reason, I'm going to say 4-1. Four, 4-1 one. Four, one to Newcastle? For the obvious reasons and the flaws we all know Burton have. What, are th- what do you think about the lad they've got? At- oh, the big guy. The big guy. Swifty. <laughs> Swifty's good, but without the delivery from uh, Rogers and uh, Shifty, I yeah. just don't think he's... He then, can't mop it up like he does yeah. against some of the smaller teams. Their number seven's an interesting player, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> the, ju- the Duke. <laughs> Dave? They just beat Huddersfield 1-0. Obviously. Um, Obviously, like, well, yeah. Let's, let's move past tell the us things we don't know. Let's move past the things we all know, Dave. <laughs> Sorry, uh, the 19th table, they're not doing very well, but then nobody was expecting them to be still in the championship at this point. So, you know... That's through graft and through, um, you know, just working really hard. They've got um, decent on the counter-attack. Um, I think we'll beat them, but I think it'll be another grind out the result rather than a 4-1. Um, so I, I would say 2-0, something like that. They're not not terrible. They, you know, they're, they're well-disciplined and all the rest of it. Um, it, it is... Like you guys say, they've got you know that big guy up front and that midfielder and that and that and that. <laughs> I think if you're right. Burton manager, all you need to do is put this podcast on the wall, and that's all the motivation <laughs> that team need. <laughs> so uh, we've got uh, another game before the next pod, and that is on Saturday. It's a late kickoff. It's on Sky Sports. Can I come round yours, Paul? Yes, because there's a new pub near me as well. So. Is Definitely. there? But there won't be on in that pub, will it? No, but we could go there before. Yeah. I want to show everyone in my life how good this pub is. Mates, 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 mates. <laughs> um, so uh, it's against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, is Chrissy Waddle still playing there? No, they yeah, were, yeah. Weren't Sheffield Wednesday very good against us earlier in the season? Like They yeah. beat us quite comfortably. Arguably the best side that we've played. Yeah. Like the best footballing side that we've played. Them and Fulham. Right. Well, in, in that case, I mean, their, their season hasn't gone amazing, though, has it? Are they? Where are they? Yeah, they're seventh. Right. It's not amazing, though, is it? It's, they're not top. We're top, <laughs> mate. And they have got a big lad. Let's not forget about that. <laughs> oh, my God. They beat, us, they beat us on Boxing Day, didn't they? It, we were at home and it was a 1-0 victory to them. <laughs> Don't check. You're just checking on your phone. It was their, it was their lad Leuvens who got the goal, didn't he? Oh, the big guy. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was in the 53rd minute. <laughs> yeah. On the floor. I remember that, ga- I remember that game because Hayden got a yellow card, didn't he? <laughs> you remember what it was for? Yeah, it was for um, it was for a bookable offence. <laughs> it was um, what was the attendance that week? Obviously, you're just off the top of my head. I think it was fifty two thousand one hundred seventy nine. Sounds about right. Oh, so close to the one hundred eighty. That's a shame. Yeah. Do you know what though? <laughs> just looking at this, just 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 going through my memory. Um, Hayden got uh, a yellow card four games in a row yeah. in that period. Just going through my memory. Um, yeah, of course. So, uh, so what do we reckon will happen in that game? It's uh, away, but we're often better away. I think one all. 
I was thinking one all. You can still think it. I'll go one nil. I'll go one nil to us. Well, I'll go one. Well, in that case, one all. It's a Newcastle Natter group prediction. So bet on any outcome except one all. (laughs) Good call. (laughs) Good call. Or don't gamble. Yeah, tell you what, guys, don't gamble. It's unless quite, it's quite unless, fun, though. unless that advert in the middle of the show was for. <laughs> yeah. a, 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 I went eighty quid the other weekend on a, I know. a double. I don't understand how you do it. I just can't. Like I did an accumulator this weekend, a really conservative one. Chelsea didn't win. Yeah. Man U didn't win. Anyway, okay. So uh, I guess that brings us to an end. It's been quite a scatological. It's been fun. Pod, yeah, but I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. And I've more than anything else, I've enjoyed the company of my two friends. Dave Watson. Cheers, Fergus. Paul Doolan. Thank you very much. And I've enjoyed knowing that you, the Newcastle Natter listener... He's gone mad again. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I've gone mad. That's just, that's just professional podcasting. <laughs> Oh, I've missed his breakdown. He hasn't done a proper... I, know, I haven't broken down. No. All I've done... He is naked. ...is wrapped well. up right. the show. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.